The Fanny Mechanics Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep and open up about women's health. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Fanny Mechanics Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash. This week, we dive into the topic of low-tox hairdressing and living. We go deep with hairdresser Carly Fardoulis. Carly opens up about her health journey and how it changed her hairdressing business ethos and philosophy. Now, over the years, I've had so many women ask me, is it okay for me to dye my hair when trying for pregnancy or when pregnant? Hence the inspiration for this episode. Now, I've looked at the literature and there is nothing out there that says I should definitely say yes or no to these women. We know there are potentially harmful chemicals in many products used that we absorb much of these chemicals, that most of the chemicals we are exposed to have never really been tested in humans, believe it or not. So what are we doing to our egg quality, a developing fetus, embryo and baby and hey, sperm, when we're exposing ourselves to things like hair dye? Babies enter the world already having been exposed in the womb to chemicals from common everyday consumer products. Back in 2005, there was a groundbreaking study of newborn core blood released by the Environmental Working Group. It showed an average of 200 industrial chemicals and pollutants were found in an umbilical cord blood from at least 10 babies. Tests uncovered an average of 200 different chemicals in each cord blood sample, including a wide variety of pesticides, fire retardants, industrial coatings used in electrical insulation, carpets, furniture and other products. 18 different forms of dioxin were also found in the samples, according to the report. Now, dioxins are a known human carcinogen. So it makes perfect sense to ask the question, what do I do with my hair when making or growing a baby? In this episode, Carly brings up useful hair care tips and suggestions and a whole lot more. She, I have to say, has also made me feel a little braver about going grey. Carly Fadoulas founded Blown Away Hair Spa, Southern Sydney's holistic hair hub in 2006. Three years ago, she made the switch to a more low-tox environment in the salon and since then has been educating people on how they can live a more aligned life with nature, something she's deeply passionate about. Having healed her body of amenorrhea as a symptom of polycystic ovarian syndrome, it sparked her interest in becoming a certified NLP-trained holistic health coach and Reiki practitioner. In the salon, Kelly's mission is to inspire, educate and empower women with health solutions naturally. Further, she wants to improve women's lives for a happier and healthier, fuller life. Carly holds the space for women to uncover the light that already resides within them, helping women overcome fertility challenges. And indeed, you feel this when you go to her salon. It feels quite a light, really nice, peaceful place compared to a lot of hair care salons or hairdressing salons that I've been to. So I really enjoyed my interview with Carly and I learned a lot about how I should care for my own hair. I hope you enjoy our interview. So tell us about you, Carly. About me, what would you like to? I'd like to know. So you've been in this salon for fourteen years. We're we're we're, we're talking in the back of uh, Carly's salon here in San Susie in Sydney. It's a hairdressing salon, and she's been here for what fourteen years? Fourteen years this year. Fourteen years. And what yeah. what made you want to become a hairdresser? <laughs> Why did I want to become a hairdresser? Good question. Um, so basically. <laughs> the honest truth is that one day I like blow dried my friend's hair and I was like, oh, wow, I can do this. This is great. Um, and then I just really liked being in the salon environment, like being amongst other women. And I loved the, I loved how the women came in feeling one way and left feeling another. I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like I, I like this. And I did like, and I still do like the creative side of it. So like, um, yeah, like doing people's hair, obviously, and all that. Um, and the conversations as well. So, yeah, there's, there's always interesting conversations always going on in hairdressing salons. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And what made you become a low tox salon? What is a low tox salon? Low-tox what is that? Salon. And can you explain to our listeners yeah. what that involves? Sure can. So, um, after 10 years of being in business, um, I uh, faced some health challenges of my own. I had some health challenges. And I basically started researching into. Um, So I'd been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and I just started researching into like natural solutions and everything just kept pointing back to like um, natural products and natural this and that. And I was like, okay, um, 
And I just sort of, like, I not that I ignored it, but um, I just sort of did the whole, well, every other hairdresser uses these products, so there's, you know, must be okay and this and that. And um, I suppose um, it wasn't until I hit rock bottom a few years back that when I, as I started to recover, I was just like, I refuse to go back into the salon unless it is an environment that I feel, um, well, just, more comfortable and working in and, and a bit more calmer as well. Um, and the products that I used to use would actually sting my eyeballs sometimes. Like I would, the smell would really irritate me. So, um, so these were products you would use on your clients. Yeah. These were products that just normal hair products that most salons would use. Um, I would have like, I'd be really sensitive to them and, um, it sort of happened when I was at school as well. Uh, sorry, sorry, when I just came out of school and started my apprenticeship, there was one or two salons that I worked in where I would get like irritations in the skin and dermatitis. Um, and it like I would literally move around salons till I found a place with a product that would, that would be okay. Um, and yeah, so um, when I started reading about like how um, certain toxins can affect the endocrine system and all that, I just thought, well, I don't, I didn't feel at the time like I was giving my body the best chance. And I just thought, well, this is something that I can control um, and it's my business. So I'm going to, I'm going to make some changes. So um, I could imagine that those changes, they didn't happen overnight. <laughs> no, they're, and they're co- we're co- constantly, constantly looking at improving our products and our ranges and what's going on as well. Yeah, because it would be a big step to bring in a whole new product into your salon. Because yes. if if it doesn't work, then you lose business. Yep. So and we did. Yeah. We lost a bit of clientele. Is that right? Yeah, we've lost a little bit of clientele. We but we've gained a whole lot of new clients. We get new clients coming all the time. Um, I suppose people who are in line with your philosophy of low yep. tox. So yep. that obviously makes your business a happier place to be as definitely, well. Definitely, definitely. Look, even making the switch to low tox, the journey is pretty incredible the people that I meet along the way um so I obviously in order for me to make these changes I had to make changes in myself as well and how I viewed the world and business and everything because um I would just come to work every day and do my thing and go home and then it wasn't actually until I started going to the foodie markets every Saturday um to just to get some Um, fresh fruit that was like pesticide free and all that, that I started thinking like, there's a whole, like another world out here. Like Mm. I was so stuck in my little rut of whatever was going on. And that is one of the reasons why I, I just went down to the markets and the energy. I loved it. Which, which markets did you go to? Down at Ramsgate markets. Are they Um, still going? Yeah, they're still going. And I still go there every Saturday at eight o'clock and grab some fruit and veggies and that. Um, But yeah, so I made a lot of, made a lot of, changes in the salon slowly and I sort of started hosting workshops as well to educate um, some of the clients as to why we were making these changes and the one thing clever thing to have done yeah but the one thing is that um, a lot of my clients didn't know what was going on for me at the time when I had my little um, when I hit my rock bottom so there was about a month over Christmas when I wasn't actually in the salon and the women, thankfully, so grateful for the women that were working here at the time, kept the salon going with the help of my parents and all that as well. Um, so I hadn't told anyone what was going on. So I think a lot of the time there was a lot of confusion. The clients didn't know what was happening. So there was it definitely affected the business back then. But in saying that, um, like I said, we get new clients all the time now. And I, f- I feel as though the work is a little bit more fulfilling now as well because we're helping people as well so and you're probably sharing that story quite a lot now a little bit yeah I get asked all the time what what made me make the switch and I you know pick and choose what part of my story I share because there's all levels of it so so what kind of products do you have here at the moment so at the moment we use our mate our like most used range is called naturalique and they, the company is amazing. Um, until I started using them, I didn't even enjoy going to trainings for hairdressing anymore. Um, and then I started going to their training and it's based around what I um, love is lifestyle. So it's not only about hair, it's about 
like everything from the food we eat to taking care of the hair. It's more of a holistic approach, which I absolutely love. Um, all their products are ammonia free, um, biodegradable as well. So when they're going down the drain, it's, I guess, absorbed better, but it's gone where it has to go. Um, so yeah, Natural Lake is basically one of our major. And they're a French brand, you said? The thing is, is that um, the the laws, like, so I know overseas foods and that are actually, the, the laws are stricter when it comes to GMO, genetically modified and all that. And most, Probably Europe, maybe yeah, not America. Yeah, most of the better um, color companies come from Europe. So mm. either Italy or places like that. So, mm. And what other brands do you have? What other um, products do you use here? We that use like? Everessence, which we love. Um, it's the probably the only shampoo range that I've actually bought the whole range. Usually I just like pick and choose products. Um, but the Everessence range is amazing. Um, their philosophy is great. They're fully into re, like reusable. All their packaging is like made to be reused. Um, even if it's not for hair, like they recommend putting your kids paint in there and things like that. Um, and they use all like natural, there's no like, um, perfumes or anything like that. Um, so that's one of our most favorite ranges and one of our most popular. Um, I just find they have something suitable for everyone, um, for for all different hair types. So you said earlier that, uh, when you were showing me outside in your salon, you can get refills and then you get four dollars yeah. off so bring your shampoo bottle back and your conditioner and you get four dollars off each time mm. you bring it back as well i'm definitely getting the lavender yeah it's amazing the lavender the lavender has been our most popular especially for those who have dandruff or dry skin or anything like that it's very soothing so tell me a lot of women lose their hair now yeah. a lot of women with pcos you may probably maybe have experienced this yeah. yourself did you yeah, experience definitely, that yourself definitely what essential oils what products Ooh. help with that I, i've heard rosemary helps Rosemary's they've done great. studies in mice yes i'm not sure about studies in humans <laughs> though but what's your experience as a hairdresser so rosemary is great for um hair growth and split ends um it depends for hair loss I know that clary sage is amazing for PCOS. Um, it helps to balance out estrogen levels. Um, there's also another oil called clary calm, which is in the, this now I'm talking about a specific oil range, doTERRA. Um, and that has a combination of oils where it's got, I think it's got like clary sage, maybe a little bit of Frankie. There's a few different oils and just rolling it onto certain parts of your body can help heaps from experience. Um, all our treatments are made using the essential oils. So they're all certified therapeutic grade essential oils, which means that when we apply them on the client's hair within like a minute, they've actually entered into the body and they actually travel to the part of the body that needs healing the most. So if you're like, for example, if your hair is like falling out, it could be for many reasons, but let's just say that the liver is at, like is a bit sluggish or something because you're week. having two bottles of vodka a week yep, yep um the oil will actually travel to that part of the body and and work on a cellular level so when you're having a hair treatment it's not just that we're working on the outer like the hair we're actually working a bit deeper as well um so the treatments are more they're definitely you definitely see results the first time i um I like this story. So the first time I started using essential oils, I was the only, I didn't know anyone else who used them. I got contacted by a woman that I um How long ago did you friend. start using them? This was about two and a half, three years ago. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll meet up with her. Sure. And um, so she just said, she's a kinesiologist. She said, just take these home and put this here, 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 do this and that. And I was like, yeah, okay. I thought, I thought an oil you diffused and that was it. Um, so I started reading about them and... I said to one of my clients one day, do you think I can just do something to your hair? And she's like, yeah, sure. So I made this treatment and put oils in her hair and I had researched like which oils were for what. And she rang me the next day and she said, whatever you put in my hair, just keep doing it. It was amazing. <laughs> so that's now our signature treatment. Is that right? Yeah, What's that's it called? So it's called the signature treatment and it's basically a combination of lavender, tea tree and Lotox um, product um, in the hair. And we wrap it with a hot towel. You get an eye mask. In winter, you get a blanket. And you just lie there and completely like relax in the chair. So it's. And do you use doTERRA with every. Yeah, we use doTERRA for all our treatments. Um, we diffuse it throughout the salon. So it's very calm in here, a lot calmer 
than your ordinary salon, I would say. And I think that's one thing that separates us from the rest is that you walk in here and it doesn't feel like a hair salon. No, it doesn't. It doesn't smell like a hair salon. Um, so it's, there's a pretty cool community vibe too. Most clients tend to know each other or they have a lot in common. So one will start talking about something and then everyone starts sort of chatting. So it's quite nice. Yeah. I think what's also different about your salon is that when I walked in, there were books. Yeah. You don't often see books. Yeah. Belinda Kirkpatrick's book yeah. on healthy hormones. Yeah. And Belinda, uh, is great. a few other products. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is a different salon. Yeah. We've done a workshop with Belinda too. She's oh, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've got one coming up with Alex Stewart. I think that's in like May. We do like a high tea lunch with Alex Stewart. She comes and chats with us. That's pretty cool. So what's happening in May? What, so so it's a, it's a, we have a high, a high tea, low tox style and learning. So basically Alex Stewart comes in for about an hour and a half and we have a few treats and we just basically talk about what comes up. So I think this time... She may have one or two books in coming up, so we might talk about that. And can so. you can you explain to our listeners who Alex Stewart is? I know who she is. You know who she is. So but can you tell Alex our Stewart is like the creator of like low tox life, and she is one of the which is a great book, a great book and great lifestyle. And she's one of the um, actually one of her courses is the first one I did when I um, started making changes in the salon. Um, she's just got really practical tips to making changes and she's like meeting her and knowing her in real life. She's exactly like you hear on a podcast or in a book. Like she's very down to earth and very giving and yeah, she's lovely. And, um, have you given her a hair treatment? Yes, she comes in regularly and she has our hair treatments and she loves the Everessence range as well. She uses them religiously, so... And one of the products that you're using here is is just you and then another person yeah. in Australia. Is that right? Yeah, the, I'm glad you brought this up. The, the super cool yeah. that looks like food product. <laughs> looks like my breakfast. <laughs> um, so we have a new product called Cataplasme and it is 100% organic and 100% um, plant-based. So the word organic gets thrown around quite a bit. And I've never said that we're an organic salon because we're not. Um, our products, I think naturally, are like 98.9%. Um, naturally derived and all that sort of thing. This product is, I'm pretty sure it's from India. The actual plant is from India. And it is basically this color as it, so we've been in training for this new product and we have to basically put aside everything that we've ever been taught in hairdressing. Um, there's no science really behind it or anything like that. Um, we know that with a cut, the, original colors that if we mix colors this is the result we're most likely going to get whereas with this product there's a couple of little guidelines that you follow but it's a plant um product so it has a bit of a mind of its own as well um it covers up to 100 percent gray hair um, and it's suitable for most people the only person i would say wouldn't be suitable for this product is if you change your mind for hair color regularly but if you're someone who just wants to cover so those like grays, Madonna, you would want yeah, this. you would not want a bit. No, 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 <laughs> not recommended. But um, yeah, but it covers the grays because that's what most most women covers are interested in doing. Covers the grays, covering the grays and thickens the hair as well. And does it last as long as the I would say the more toxic yep. products? Yeah, definitely, it lasts just as long. Um, with most colors that deposit and stain the hair, um they will, it, like, it'll grow out. So it depends on how quick your hair grows and those sort of things. So, yeah. And um, we wanted to touch about, or well, I wanted to touch on the topic of hairdressers and issues with their health. Yeah. Because there are quite a lot of, there's quite a bit of evidence out there that says that perhaps that women who work in hairdressing salons, even nail salons, yep. uh, are exposed to lots of chemicals day in, day out. And that they're more likely to have reproductive issues, more likely to have a baby perhaps affected by abnormalities. Yep. Um, over the over time, from what I've seen in the literature, there is more evidence coming through decade by decade. So in the 70s, there was rarely anything. And then in, into the 80s, I think it was recognised that some products were quite toxic. And then in Europe, a few um, uh products were actually banned yeah. and then into the 90s things changed now going into the 21st century again things are evolving and hey now we've got low tox salons 
But what's what's the speak in the world of hairdressing when you're a hairdresser and you're training up to become a hairdresser? From an occupational safety perspective, do you get sat down and said and, and be told these are the potential issues that you may come across? Does that ever get brought up? You know, okay, so it's been a while since I um, went to TAFE, just a few years, 20 or so. <laughs> but um, so back then from memory, it was there was definitely a um, – there was definitely a whole section on like, oh, you know, section on wearing gloves and safety, but it was never focused, never really why. Um, it wasn't something that they focused on in as a module. Um, so not, not that I can remember. Um, I've, I've, I think it would be fantastic if the hairdressing module, you know, like the thing is, is that when we say, when young, like I left school at 15 to become a hairdresser. I was like, I want to be a hairdresser. If someone had actually sat down and goes, okay, this is what it actually means to be a hairdresser. Uh, would I have thought twice about it? Maybe, possibly, but it's not just about the hair. Do you know what I mean? Like we're talking with people. Sometimes clients come to us like we're therapists. You're a psychologist. Yeah, we are not trained for this, mm. like really. So um, when it comes to occupational health and safety, I would say there's a I would call it a holistic approach. Um, it, like I said, there's nothing really that covers this that I know of. Um, so things haven't changed at TAFE at the I, moment? I, look, I'm, I won't comment on that just because I, I don't really know. Um, I haven't really looked into it that much. Um, but when your so, apprentices were coming through before you became low tox, what were you doing? I haven't had my apprentices. So I haven't had many apprentices over the years. Georgia is probably the first one that I've had for a really long time. Um, and before she started here, she had no idea about any of what I talk about in the salon. But she says to me that ever since she started working here, her allergies have disappeared. Um, yeah, she was saying that to me earlier. Yeah, yeah. And she's just... She goes, I've learned so much working here more than ever before. So, um, I she guess also that's, commented on stress. Yeah. There's one, one of the papers that I was reading um, said that women who are hairdressers are more likely to have a delays in conception and falling pregnant. Yeah. And that a big part of that is, is, is stress. Yeah. And that hairdressing is a stressful profession. You're on your yeah. feet all day, you're running around. Sometimes the client might not be happy with the colour or maybe you're not happy with the colour yeah. but the, the client is but you still can't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. um, what What's your take on that? Uh, definitely. It's long hours on your feet, standing up a lot of the time. Um, and I look, I'm very – I ended up studying holistic health coaching and became a Reiki practitioner because um, – I just wanted to learn more and implement more and embody what what I was learning because I was really loving it. And so the last three years, as much as I've changed the products and all that as well, I've incorporated daily meditation practices, um, movement, more movement, whether it's yoga has been really um, like a massive help in my life as well. Um, so I've been implementing more of this, like giving myself lunch breaks. Oh, wow. I would never give myself a lunch break. I would literally, it would be like, do I go to the toilet or do I have lunch today? Which one is it going to be? Or do I go outside yeah. for a cigarette? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> thankfully, thanks, <laughs> thankfully I never drank coffee. Yes. I'm probably the only hairdresser who's never drank coffee. How have you um, survived? Yeah. Well I, done. No, I did. Yeah. So, but um, never drank coffee, never smoked or anything, but it was just like, I just had to just, it was like maybe being an obliger. Like I just had to say yes to everything. So saying no and having boundaries. Saying no and having Good. boundaries. Yeah, that's one thing. And that's these these are the things we're not taught at TAFE. Like we're not taught at all. We're just cut. We're there to learn how to perm and cut hair and all that. But um, when and the more and more I'm realizing that hairdressing is about relationships. It's not really about the hair. So. Yes, it is about the hair. You want to walk out looking beautiful as well. But on a personal growth level, um, yeah, it's really important to have these boundaries. And it's uh, hopefully I'm a, I am um, a role model that for Georgia as much as I can. So 
I believe when she first started here, I said to her one day, let's do a meditation together. And she was like, okay. <laughs> she said to me about a month ago, I thought you were nuts when I first started working here. She's still here. I'm like, well, I probably am a little bit, but in a good way. Um, so now, yeah, I say to her, like, if she, I'll notice if she hasn't been out for the day, I'll go, go outside, go for a walk, go to Super Barn for me, buy me you're, something. You're a good lady so boss. So I, I, yeah, I, sometimes she does it to me too. She's like, have you noticed that I have a rest for you in the computer? I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> so, yeah. Got to look out for each other. Got to look out for each other sometimes, yeah. Previously, I was uh, going to this hairdressing salon and uh, one of the hairdressers there was very much in tune with what the state of the hair is and she wouldn't hesitate to give you feedback. <laughs> for example, she'd say, have you been stressed or are you not getting enough iron? Yeah. So she'd make these comments all the time. Yeah. When you see people coming in, are you like that as well? Do you look out for okay. things in people's hair and then point it out to them? Do you tell people your hair is thinning? Because a lot of women come to me, yeah. you know, endocrinologists saying, my hair, my my hairdresser said my hair is falling out. It's thinning. Yeah. Do I have PCOS? And that always comes up. And you know what? It's rarely PCOS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I probably have a bit more of a subtle approach because I think that a lot of the time women know their hair, fall, their hair is falling out. They don't need to hear it from me as well. Um, so I will a lot more. I think more times than anything women will tell me that their hair is falling out. Um, and if they're a new client, I don't, I haven't seen their hair before to be like, well, yeah, compared to two years ago, your hair is really fine. Um, but it does worry women a lot sometimes. Um, if they are losing a lot of hair and if it's like noticeable, I will definitely say something. I'll ask him like what's been going on for them. Um, um, we have this, Usually with a bit of hair loss, we usually I usually ask them what's happened three months prior to their hair loss. So if they've gone through a stressful situation, it's usually like the aftermath of what has happened. Um, again, I find that if women are having any type of fertility challenges, I still feel as though there's a bit of a stigma around like talking about it, which... Talking about fertility just issues? challenges, like mm. women... like. Um, it's not very often that women will like, unless we're in like a workshop or something like that, I think it's not something women really talk about. They don't open up easily. They don't open up easily. And from my experience, because I've been there, like I think that um, I think women a lot of the time, this is a big call to make, but I think we blame ourselves. Like that there's something wrong with us. I know for myself, like when there was, I was told that there was a chance that I might not conceive naturally, like, that's like shattering because, you know, you get married and you're like, yep, this is what's going to happen and then we have a baby and then when you're told this, it's like, oh, okay. Mm. Ah, all right. And you automatically think that there's something wrong with your body. or So it's not something that is I find is spoken about much. I tend to be able to pick it up in people. Mm. Um, so I can sort of in a roundabout way ask questions, suggest things for them. Um, but also just I know how overwhelming it can get for some people sometimes too. So I will tend to maybe share a bit of my story. And if that client feels comfortable opening up to me, well, then um, definitely offer some support or help or something like that. If that woman goes away, gets pregnant, she comes back to you and she's four weeks <laughs> pregnant, she's just missed a period, blah, 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 yeah. um, and she wants a hair treatment. Yeah. What are your thoughts on dyeing your hair in pregnancy? Okay, so I will never give an opinion like yay or nay. Um, it's very personal. I will offer low-tox options. Um, like our new color now is perfect for someone like that. Um, also, I would suggest foils because we're not actually – the color's not touching the scalp, so it's not literally penetrating into oh, the Oh, so the skin. method of yeah, how you so apply can, the hair yep. dye makes a difference. Yep. Wow, that's yep. a really good tip. So I'll um, offer like a low-tox solution if depending on what they've got going on, grey, or I'll try and offer them the, the lowest-tox solution for them. Um, and sometimes it just means... Can you do foils for greys? You can. You'll still have a little bit of grey, but it'll be like you won't have, as it grows out, you don't have the definite line. So you still will see a little bit of grey, but not 
If so you, it's more if subtle. If you do them really close together and, again, depending on how much grey the client has, it's a lot more subtle as well. But if it's just going to get them through the nine months of their pregnancy, they're going to feel a bit better. Um, that works. And sometimes it comes down to me just sort of helping them to just be okay with their grey. And I will sell them, like, I can cover your greys and charge you. Like, that's one mm. of the reasons you come to the salon. And mm. But if... I think you look fine. So it's more you being okay with looking mm. in the mirror every day and saying, yep, they're my greys and I'm embracing them for nine months. So That's a really good point. I can't wait to embrace my greys. I've been yep. dyeing my hair since I think I was in my early 20s. Yep. And I just can't, I just can't bring myself to let myself to go grey. I, I, I I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know when that day will yeah. be. Well, cataplasma would be a great product for you okay. because it'll be a much more natural grow out. So when you do, when it comes time that you're like, yeah, I just want to, it's going to be a much more natural color to grow out than having that definite line of growing your gray out as well. And we have quite a few clients that have been coming for a while that want to go gray. And I just like counsel them every time they come through their appointment. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I've written on your card that you're going gray. So I'm not coloring your hair today. <laughs> like, so I'm sorry. It's just what's happening today. And they're like, fine. So, and a lot of the time, like there's one client in particular, she's been, she used to be blonde and we've grown her gray out. And she, I remember her looking in the mirror and saying, oh my gosh, I like can't get used to this. And I thought she looked beautiful. And then this client walked in, has never met her before. And she said, wow, you look amazing. You're great. So I said to her, it's all perception. Like mm. this woman has never met you. She does not know you any different. You've just looked at yourself a certain way for so long that, and now she loves it. Now she's like, yeah, it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, so. letting yourself go grey. And what um, what products do you recommend someone use, if any, if they have that greying hair? Because I know grey grey hair is more frizzy. Yep. Are there natural products that you can use? Are there any essential oils that I could be using in my hair to make it less frizzy? With when it comes to grey hair, it has a mind of its own sometimes. Um, I would say something even like the cataplasma in salon treatment would be amazing. Um, essential oils for hmm, for softening, I would say like lavender, geranium. Geranium is beautiful in the hair. Um, coconut oil. I'm like a big mm. biggie for coconut oil in my hair, even the cooking one. Um, doTERRA have a beautiful fractionated coconut. It's a liquid. That's really nice as well. Um, but yeah, just anything like that really. Yeah. What, what can't lavender do? Lavender is amazing. It is my favorite essential oil. Yeah. And Clary Sage, I use that, uh, when I have my period to massage it into my belly. Yeah, there you with go. With coconut oil. Yep. Of course, doTERRA range. Yes. Oh, you're a doTERRA uh, user yeah. too. Oh, look, yes, I, I, use, I use Young Living too. Yeah. I, I use anything up, you know, yeah. Newtown when I go for walks down <laughs> Newtown. I, I like picking up different Things. different products, but I, I do really like doTERRA. Yeah. Yeah. And I picked up the most amazing lavender oil when I was in Italy a few years ago and I, I nearly cried when the <laughs> bottle was finished because it was just superb yeah. in the smell. Fantastic. Pure. Um, so in looking at my hair, you can see my hair. Yes. What would you recommend? So everyone, my hair is is dyed. I do have grey hair. I washed it before I came for this interview today. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was like, eh. thank you for washing your hair. So spot um, diagnosis. I would definitely recommend the cataplasma. Okay. Um, and I can see that maybe you've take. Do you do you colour your hair in a salon or at yes. home? Okay. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a home job. No, no, no. no. I'm just asking because no, black is like quite dark and it yeah. can be easily yeah. done at home. Can't you see the light bits though? Oh, Maybe yes. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you came in, if you wanted my opinion, I would say to possibly start the cataplasma on the roots and to allow your, like the natural, not your natural color, but it'll be a much more softer color as it's growing through. Um, and, and I probably wouldn't take the color through the ends each time just so that it doesn't look so colored um, to be a little bit softer on your face as well. Okay. But that would probably be my – and a treatment with lavender. With lavender. <laughs> God bless lavender. lavender. With the salon, I like to call it a little bit of a, like a holistic hub as well because it's – we're not – like, yes, definitely we're into low-tox products and natural products, but um, 
what we like to emphasize is that it's really important what you put in your body as well. So the food you eat, um, managing stress levels, things like that as well, it all plays a role. Um, so our workshops are designed to, I guess, inspire, educate, empower women. Um, yes, on health solutions naturally, but that includes the mind. Um, the, the coaching course that I studied is based around NLP, based around habit change and that. Um, I'm a bit of an NLP anything I could talk about these topics for like hours I, I love talking about all this sort of stuff um, so our workshops are just basically to like complement what we do in the salon as well um, on a bit of a different level as well um, so I just think the more healthier you are um, then I guess the more, more your hair you, will shine yeah, yeah your hair will shine and you will shine so and do you run them out of here, out of San Susie Salon? Yeah, so uh, we had one just last night on balancing emotions naturally with essential oils. And the guest speaker was a friend, Theodora. She's a aromatic kinesiologist. So, yeah. Amazing. So she came along and we hosted a workshop on basically ways that you can balance your emotions naturally using the oils. Um, everyone did a couple of little exercises and things like that. So everyone shares a little bit about what's going on for them. So it was a really nice workshop. Um, and then sometimes I host them out of a clinic at Cogger as well. Men come too. We had two men turn up to our workshop oh, last right. night. Yeah. That was um, pretty cool actually. One's, a, one's just trained to be a, t- a, a yoga teacher as well, but he just loves the oils. He said, I love the smell of them. So I might as well learn what they're yeah. actually doing for me on an emotional yeah. level as well. Yeah. So. I've got a whole little bench in my bedroom full of that essential oils. oils. So they're there. When I turn my bedroom light off, they're there right next to my light. So yeah. I, I can be reminded of, oh, frankincense tonight. Yeah. Or, you know, lavender. Lavender is my always go-to. What's your favorite oil? Lavender. Lavender? Yeah. Okay. Lavender. Oil of communication. Yeah, I absolutely love lavender. I love citruses. Um, I was reading a book on essential oils and, and in that book, it was interesting, they talked about how at the – Japanese exchange, the stock exchange, they um, diffuse through the aircon oh, wow. uh, citrus essential oils to perk up Everyone, the people working yes, there. Yes. And in my rooms, in my in my office in Newtown, I, I always have some oil going. Yeah. Some oil being diffused, and patients love it. They come in and they say, "Oh, this smells so good." And you know, we all know what the effects of a nice smell are on us. But I always make a point of. Of, of those oils being more citrusy. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, I think it was geranium that I had that I didn't really like a few weeks ago. Ooh. Or maybe or, or a rose geranium I think it was, and I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. I can tell you a little bit about that if you want to know tell me the, more. the science behind this yeah. one. So there's there's days where you love the smell of an oil and there's days that you don't. Don't so tell me it depends on my menstrual cycle. It depends on your emotional state. Oh. Yeah, so so for example, I might have a session with my friend who's a kinesiologist and she'll say to me, smell this, smell this. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's like, I can So geranium is the oil of love and trust. Mm. Okay, so by the end of the session, after we've done a bit of healing and all that, this, I'll pick up the same bottle and it smells amazing. So the usually that's a little indication that there's something off, like right. emotionally or something like that. You've just got to process or or work through and then the smell will will tend to change so some people are like don't use the oil if you don't like the smell i'm a little bit like use a little bit of it mm. we're a little bit like mm. if you love wild orange and you really don't like cilantro put one drop with your wild <laughs> orange and let go because cilantro is like the oil of releasing control so you know like so yeah and they're powerful oh, like we the know oils a lot of people work. don't like cilantro yeah yeah, coriander, cilantro. <laughs> when someone says, oh, I don't like coriander, I'm like, yes. Mm. I have a friend and he hates cilantro. Well, tell your friend and, that. <laughs> but he loves essential oils, so I have to tell him about it. I have to yeah. get him to listen to this episode. Yes. The, so there is um, like my cousin, she's like, oh, I love cinnamon. It's my favorite. I just love it so much. And I said, of course you do. It's the oil of sexual harmony. <laughs> she's like, oh, is it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So how about lavender? If someone doesn't like lavender, what does that mean for them on that day? Communication. Okay. There might be someone you want to talk to or you're not able to or you feel like you can't or something like that. Um, so, yeah, communication. Communication. Frankie, frankincense, father, mm. connection, your dad, things like that. Mm. So 
Very yep. interesting. Frankie has a nickname. He was frankincense. We now call him Frankie. Frankie. Because he's our favourite. <laughs> One of our favourites. So. Yeah. Frankincense is the smell of, uh, is it the, Gre- the Greek church? Ah, uh, yes. Orthodox church, so. Yes. When I first started using oils, my mother walked into um, my bedroom at the time I was living with some flatmates and she said to me, why does your room smell like a church? I said, oh, just um, <laughs> just burning. Because I'm, I'm, hi- I'm, I'm hiding a priest. Diffusing yeah. <laughs> 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 some frankincense. It's like, okay. Now she uses it all the time as well. So. Oh, that's great. Convert. Yeah. Convert, yes. Yes. So I was going to ask you some questions yeah. just to go deeper about you, Kali. Kaliopi. Yes. <laughs> I noticed you've got some books outside, some essential oil books. Yes. Uh, are there any favourite books that you want to share with our listeners and me? I really love anything Joe Dispenza writes. I don't know if you listen to Joe Dispenza, but he's... He's an, a, an American medic, is he? He's like into NLP and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just find him very captivating and whatever, whenever he speaks to me, I feel like he's speaking to me. So whatever he's doing, he's doing a really good job. Okay. Um, but I haven't really got a favourite book. No. Okay. I think Joe Dispenza sounds like it then. Joe Dispenza. Mm. And I see your question here, like um, collaboration. Oh, yeah. that would be so cool. Joe Dispenza collaboration. Oh, uh, he's your, he would be He your would dream. be one of my dream. Do yep. you have any other dream collaborations? Collaborations. No, I must say that when I first got my period back, <laughs> I talk about it like it went on a holiday or something. <laughs> when, my, when I first got my period back, um, I just remember thinking that I wanted to help women mm. and I wanted to help women at IVF for some reason. And so, look, um, Professor Michael Chapman, mm. Chapman, he endorses the workshops that we host. Um, so that's sort of a collaboration. That was sort of a bit of a, a dream or something like that. Mm. And mm. Um, You manifested that one, I obviously. manifested that one. It's still in fruition a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Good on you. I just, I like, I've been through the IVF process and I think the workshops really complement mm. um, what what goes on in there, um, whether it's just helping the women to calm, to be less stressed for that, then that the, the, like, um, the procedure might be quicker or, or something like that. But even just to help them in their relationship with, like their partner or anything because it is a very um, stressful period mm. and I only wish that I had these tools back then to support, to you. support me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There are certain oils that we recommend women um, avoid when they're pregnant only because it can like bring on labour or something like that. Um, and if a pregnant woman does come into the salon, I'll take extra precaution and I'll only use lavender on their hair So unless they give me the go-ahead to mm-hmm. use anything else as well. Mm. So. Yeah, because I know in, in, from my experience that when you go into an IVF laboratory, yeah. you you don't want to be putting anything on, on you that body. has some form of smell yeah. um, because embryos are very sensitive to that. Wow, they pick up on they do. the smell. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I always make sure on the days that I know I'm doing an embryo transfer, I'm not putting on my Coco Chanel. <laughs> and as much as I love yeah. Coco Chanel, that the bottle that I have at the moment is going to be my very last bottle because I've decided I'm not going to wear perfumes anymore because I know that there's a lot of crap in them. Fantastic. So moving forwards, I'm just going to wear some nice essential oils, more low-tox. Go, um, go Whisper. Yeah. Whisper, is that a brand? No, Whisper is the oil. Oh. It's a women's blend and it's beautiful. It's a, Okay. It's beautiful. Do you I sell find, it here? No, I haven't got it in stock, but I find it's the um, – I can order it in, but I find it's the like – um, I call it the David Jones of doTERRA oil. <laughs> it's like the one that I put on when I go out at night. Oh, wow. So, yes, it's very nice. Or the sax on Fifth Avenue. Whisper. I actually didn't wear, fun fact, I didn't wear perfume for like 15 years. Oh. I never wore anything. And then it wasn't until I started using oils that I started because mm. I just thought, well, I, don't, I know I don't want to wear that, but there wasn't anything that mm. I could replace it with. So I just went perfume free. <laughs> Nothing so wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you play music in the salon? Yeah, this is a funny question actually because so I used to play like just like, you know, radio, not radio commercial but radio music and all that, the latest. And then I was like, I just, 
I, I did some research on like, I read something about even what's playing in the background is slowly like, you know, having an effect on your thoughts and that. And I was like, oh my gosh. So then I went through this whole phase of trying to find spa music and this and that. And then I found this beautiful music from these women that um, sing these beautiful hymns. And it's all around like um, body image, positive affirmations. They sing positive affirmations. And then I started playing that. What's that called? Can you share that with us? I think us? it's called Beautiful Chorus. They're okay. called Beautiful Chorus. And I heard it for the first time when I went to my acupuncture. And that, can you get that on Spotify? or Yeah, Spotify or Tidal. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beautiful Chorus. They've got beautiful music for um, body image and they it's, it's beautiful. Um, and then we started playing that. And then I recently just changed it a little bit to just jazz. So it's like there's no words, but it's just a really nice upbeat music. And the clients were like, oh, we much prefer this music. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, like I've been playing all this beautiful other music and they're like, oh, no, this is just a bit more upbeat. I'm like, okay. So now if, if you're the only client in the salon when you come in um, and you're having a treatment, I will sort of – Tailor it to you. Yeah, I will tailor it to you. So if you're lying at the basin for 20 minutes for a treatment, I will put on maybe a meditation or a guided, like a music and the salon jaws. So, yeah, we tailor it it now. Yeah, good on you. And then sometimes we just, you know, crank a song and start dancing halfway Mm. through the salon as well. Mm. So it totally depends on the mood. On the mood. Yeah. Now, top five tips for daily hair care. What are yours? (laughs) Top five. I'll give you mine and then I'll give you what I recommend. Okay. (laughs) So, because my hair is really curly. Yeah, you've got got that beach hair. I've got very curly hair. Well, this is a thing. I literally swim in the morning and then I come to work. So So you go ocean swimming? I go ocean swimming. Wow. um, And then I come to the salon. That's why you've got an amazing tan. Thank you. Thank you. So, look, not every day, but most days I'll either go for a walk or go for a swim. Um, so I find the sea, the sea salt works really well with my hair and it's one of my favorite products as well. I sell it here. It's called Nusa Basics and it's a sea salt spray. Um, but I find the ocean is like the real deal. So I literally swim in the ocean. I rinse it under the tap at the ocean, at the beach, and then I get dressed and I find the curls love it. Um, and I don't really brush it much or do anything to it in between so that the curls don't frizz. Um, and I find the more I sleep on it, like over the days, the curlier it gets and it holds. Now, with the clients, I give tips depending on the hair type, but um, I always recommend shampooing the hair twice. So mm. the first time it sort of removes any excess oils and things like that, and then the second time it cleans it more thoroughly and then just applying conditioner from mid lengths to ends as well. Um, that's one of the tips for curly hair. I just, I, my secret is less is more actually with everything products, less is more styling, less is more. If you're going to blow dry it, um, don't overthink it as much as you can just like get in there and blow dry it. Um, but when it comes to hair, there's not too many, I, less is more. Definitely. Yep. Less is more. Less is more. So that's that's your number one tip. That pretty is much, my number one it? tip. Yes, and the products that we use are low tox and more natural. So your hair won't lather up straight away. Mm. Um, and the best way, the best example I give of this, if you are washing a, a dish, a plate that is full of oil, and you use Morning Fresh or something like that, because it's heavily detergent based, it'll clean it straight away. But if you use more of a natural product, it might just take one or two goes. The same with the shampoos that we use, um, don't add more shampoo thinking you're going to get more of a lather. Add more water. Keep keep scrubbing, rinse it, and shampoo it again. Okay. So more water. More water. Okay. Yeah. Adding more shampoo, you'll just waste the shampoo. Okay. So just add more water. That's a good tip because even with um, the current products that I'm using, which are not low tox so shampoos, yep. the first shampoo is always not as yeah, saponated. Sa- we yeah. call it. is that what you call? It? Is it the technical term? Yeah, so like the lather. Yeah, the lathering. Yeah. yeah. So one of the uh, main ingredients, SLS, which is which was in and probably is in still some shampoos, I actually found out it was used to degrease heavy machinery. Right. So it's great. It serves its purpose there. Um, so they put it into shampoos because they realised that when people when people get lather they assume that their hair's clean. So they, they're 
like lava clean. That's mm, the mm. Um, so they put this in shampoos, but too much SLS can actually strip too much of your natural oil out of your hair as well, and then most likely cause other issues as well. Um, so the products now have no more SLS, so they might just take a bit longer to lather. Okay, um, and that's normal. So we're just we're just used to quick mm. results. Whereas just your hair's dirty, you haven't washed it for a week, it's going to be a bit greasy. Mm. Like, that's okay. Just, just add more water. Add more water. Mm-hmm. Lastly, I wanted to finish off on a quiz. <laughs> okay. And the quiz is about Madonna. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I think everyone who knows Madonna knows that she's had how many different hairstyles in her lifetime and oh my God. hair colours. Okay. Go on. Her blonde ambition tour. I don't know mm-hmm. how old you are, but I, I, I was around and uh, very much around when she was on her Blonde Ambition tour, and I was obsessed with her during her Blonde Ambition tour. Okay, but do you remember when it was? Was it 1984 to 1986? Was it 1990 to 1991? Or was it 98 to 99? Ooh. So was it the late, well, mid mid 80s, early 90s, or late 90s? I'm going to say early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. Okay. Madonna was the third. Right? <laughs> I'm, oh, by, the, by the way, I don't tell anyone the answers. What? So basically, the answers you'll find in the episode notes. Okay. Of the next episode, oh. not this episode, but in the next week's episode. Until I Google them. <laughs> Until, <yeah>. <laughs> Georgia. No. <laughs> Madonna was the third of six children. True or false? The third of six children. I'm going to say true. She won the Golden Globe for her role as Eva Peron in Evita in 1996. True or false? True. I'm going to say true. I feel um, like I don't know Madonna very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you do actually. Okay, good. <laughs> um, she arrived in New York City in the late 70s, originally from San Francisco. Fran- San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> true or false? Hmm. <laughs> From San Fran. Yeah, I can imagine her being one of six from San Fran, moving to the big city. Yep, I'm going to go true. Last question. (laughs) Fashion designer Donatella Versace designed her iconic satin conical bra for her Blonde Ambition tour. True or false? Of course he did, probably. I don't know, your face doesn't look very convincing. (laughs) Um, You know what? I reckon he could have, yep. I so, see them, I see like a photo of them two together at some stage, so probably. Yeah, so Donatella, not Gianni. Oh, okay, yes. Not Gianni. Oh, oh, no, I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. No. That's the end of your quiz. Now I have to listen to your other one so I can get all my <laughs> answers. Wow. Thank you so much for chatting, huh? Thank you. Thank you for um, inviting me onto your podcast. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, ladies, with the fabulous Fardoulis and that you're inspired to rethink your hair care and personal care products. A little advice, a little low-tox advice to start your journey. I know many of you out there are already conscious of low-tox living and good on you. Please share this episode with others if you think it will help them and inspire them. We will also have an episode coming up about low-tox for your box, so stay tuned. Please subscribe to the Fanny Mechanic channel and if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash Fanny Mechanic and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear, call people like an interview or books you recommend. Until then, stay fantabulous. Fantabulous.